0: big dreams need great teams. You simply cannot do it on your own. I'm excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the big dreams, great teams podcast. Today's episode is a good one. It is addressing hiring regret and how you can avoid that. And specifically, I'm going to share with you the five big red flags that you can look for through your hiring and application process to avoid hiring regret. Now, a lot of amazing entrepreneurs and business owners that I know experience hiring regret, and that is what I call when you've hired somebody, you get the hiring wobbles and you realise once they're on the job that they're not right for you. Either they're not right for your business or they're not right for the particular role that you've hired them for. So hiring regret is about realising With the benefit of hindsight, that you shouldn't have hired someone, that you missed some things through the application and interviewing process. So today's episode is sharing with you some tips, some red flags that you can look for up front during the application and interviewing stage to help you avoid having hiring regret and being able to see only in hindsight that somebody isn't right for the role. Because we all know there, and I'll put my hand up and say, I've been there, so I totally get it. And we all know that when we're in that position where we realise that someone isn't right for the role or right for the business later, after we've hired them, it's a whole heap of work and uncomfortableness to undo that and to rewind that decision we've made. So obviously, if we can, we want to avoid it. So let's dive in to the five red flags that you should look for when hiring. Now, the first massive red flag is when somebody doesn't follow your application process. Now, when you work with me, one of the things that I teach you, what's part of my hiring mastery method is to have a specific application process, which is Telling the person, telling the potential candidate, telling the person who's potentially interested in your job, how you want them to apply for the job. Maybe you want them to send you their CV and attach a cover letter answering five specific questions. Maybe you'd like them to record a video. Maybe you'd like them to submit their CV through Seek or whatever portal you're using and draft their responses to the application questions, you know, and attach it in a cover letter. Maybe you specifically say, send me an email with this in the subject heading and address these four questions as part of your application. So you'll hear even from these few examples that I've given you, by giving somebody specific steps on how you want them to apply, you're already asking them to follow your process and you're already giving them instructions. So if somebody doesn't follow your process, i.e., you ask them to do a video and they don't, you ask them to answer some questions, they don't. They ring up and they want to ask some questions before taking the time to put their CV in, etc. This is all an act of not following your process, and potentially it means they don't have a high attention to detail. Potentially, it means that they didn't even see the questions. Potentially, it means they skipped over them. Potentially, it also just means that they want you to do things their way. And often when somebody rings you or sends you questions or sends you, you know, things that they want to know before they invest the time in actually applying to you, it's a really great indication that they're more worried about their time than yours. So when somebody doesn't follow your process, that's the first red flag, Now, I'm not saying you eliminate based on that. In some circumstances, I've had many clients who are in what we call like a tough market or a tight market where people have applied, they haven't followed the questions, they haven't followed the application process, and we haven't received enough people who have done that, that we can then go back to the good people and actually say, hey, the first step is completing these questions. Here they are again. Please take the time to complete those. So often that has to happen and that's okay. However, if you are being inundated by CVs and being inundated by applications and there's a whole bunch of people that have completed the questions, have followed your process and there's a handful that haven't, you really do have to see that as what it is, which is somebody not following your instructions, potentially applying the highest level of detail and or wanting to do things their way. Before doing things your way. So, definitely something just to note. So, that's the first one. The second one is when you're in an interview with somebody. Now, again, when you work with me, one of the things that I teach my clients is that you want to have a really well constructed interview that assesses the person, that gives you true information and understanding about their previous experience, the skills they're bringing to the table and brings them into your reality so you understand, well, how does that skill and experience apply to the job you're going to be doing here? Because you will have heard me saying before that everybody answers interview questions full of assumptions. So everybody asks interview questions and everybody answers interview questions from their own perspective. And that perspective is fueled with lots of assumptions. So you need to have a really well-constructed interview process that assesses what they've done And it assesses it from your perspective, i.e., what you want them to do in your business. So, for example, somebody might think, they have excellent Excel spreadsheet skills, but we need to understand that their idea of excellent or advanced and your idea of excellent and advanced is the same. So you understand the depth and the breadth of the type of experience they've had and the most technical thing that they can do in Excel, for example, in that assessing phase. And then you bring them into your reality and say, okay, let me give you an example. This is one of the VB formulas that break, for example, in our spreadsheets. How would you go about fixing that? So that's what I mean by bringing them into your, Reality. So, a red flag that you should look for is if you're taking somebody through your beautifully constructed interview process that you've prepared for the interview and the person interrupts and starts to ask questions rather than trying to answer your questions, that's a big red flag especially if you've got the questions laid out, you've got a structure that you're trying to follow. And if somebody is trying to defer from that structure, what is really easy to happen is if somebody, not even interrupts, but if somebody like shows a lot of interest in your business and starts asking lots of questions, it can feel really flattering. And in turn, you can think, okay, this person's really, really interested. I'm going to give them, you know, I'm going to respond to the questions and give them all this information because they're interested. So it's really normal to feel flattered and that's another reason why you want to have a structured conversation where there's time for questions at the end, where you let the person know you've got a structure, you're going to move through your questions and there will be time for their questions at the end, but you don't find yourself giving away lots of information and doing more talking and less asking. So the second red flag I want to share with you is if somebody almost interrupts the flow of your interview and moves into questioning mode and you realize that they're actually not even answering or they haven't answered the questions you've asked them. And in fact, they're asking more than they're answering. The third red flag I want to share with you is when somebody is being vague about something you're asking specific information about. Now, again, one of the big things that I talk about and I teach my clients is how important it is to really hone the technique of digging and getting and encouraging and making somebody be specific. Because we need to get past the high level concept, which is fueled by assumptions. So like, let me give you an example. Let's say you're hiring a bookkeeper, your starting question might be something like, tell me about the bookkeeping you've done. And they might say something like, I use zero, I input, you know, all the expenses, you know, reconcile all the line items and allocate GST, sort of a big, broad answer your interviewing assessment needs to get them to get right down into the specifics okay tell me about the sorts of things that you inter, uh, that you tell me about the sorts of things that you enter into zero tell me about the sort of gst you're used to allocating what's a tricky gst thing that you've had to deal with tell me about the normal items that you reconcile, tell me about what you wouldn't reconcile or what you find challenging to reconcile, et cetera, et cetera. So an interview technique is actually getting them down from that generic opening sort of response and getting them to be really specific. And by getting somebody to be really specific, you can understand specifically what they did do, what they didn't do, what they found tricky and what other support they had around them. So, for example, someone might be able to say, I know how to prepare financial statements or I know how to run someone's social media or I know how to send out regular email campaigns, big, broad statements. And then you need to sort of really drill it down to, well, which part did you do? So did you write the copy for the email campaign? Oh, no, someone else wrote that. Oh, okay, so you just entered it into the system. Okay, cool. Did you test it? Did you check it? Did it, Did you want to choose what list it went to? Except. Oh, okay, so somebody else had tested the heading. Somebody else had decided what the best heading was, you know, that would get the best open rate, et cetera, et cetera. So a red flag is if you're asking for more information and you're trying to drill down and the recipient is staying vague. So you're trying to get them to get specific and they're staying vague. So they might be vague about... the specifics of what they did and didn't do. They might be staying vague about the name of the system that they used, or they're unable to give you a specific particular example. All of those things are red flags. Now, they may definitely be nerves, 100%, and we do need to allow for that for sure. But through just having general conversation, supporting the person to relax. Ultimately, you need to get to the specifics and if the person for whatever reason isn't allowing you to get to the specifics, it's a big red flag and ultimately, it really makes it difficult for you to make a great decision if they're right for the role because you don't have the specific information you need to make that decision. The fourth red flag is when you get to the stage in the interview where you offer the person the opportunity to ask questions and they don't have any or if the questions that they ask show that they haven't really done much research about your business. Huge red flag. Somebody should always have at least a couple of questions. Now, often in a really thorough, robust interview, you may have already answered the person's questions, which is totally common and great. However, what you're looking for is the person to have a list or something that they're referring to where they say, oh, let me just check that all my questions have been answered. You asked a couple and then rattle off their pre-prepared questions so that you can be like, okay, they did some work, they did some preparation. And really, there should be at least one or two general questions about the business, about the future, about career opportunities or something that they have prepared to show that they're genuinely interested. So huge red flag if they don't have any questions prepared, or if the ones that they have are generic ones that they could have worked out through some simple research about your business. Red flag number five, when you get to the stage in the interview or in the application process, maybe it's after the interview, when you start talking about salary and money, if you get the impression from someone that it's all about the money, that their decision is mostly going to be based on the money, huge red flag. The black and white reality of it is, is you don't want to hire somebody or have someone make their sole decision about joining you and your business based on money. You want the money to feel right to you both, to you and them, and you want it to be part of their decision, but not the basis of their decision. Because you'll never be able to keep up and continue to satiate that desire to, to feel like they're being paid a lot of money. And we all know that what feels like a lot of money, a week or two later, doesn't feel the same in our body. And so if the person is looking for that feeling, they're looking for that almost that adrenaline hit of, oh, I'm being paid so much. In a month's time, when they've started spending more, you know, maybe they've allocated more to their mortgage, whatever it is, it's not going to feel like as much. So if they're just looking for that feeling then in you know one, two, three, four, maybe six months time, they're going to be feeling disappointed and they'll be wanting more. And if someone else is tapping them on the shoulder, if you're in the sort of market where you know there's lots of money being thrown around, there needs to be more than just money on the table when it comes to the basis of making that decision. And I guess also just a little side note is when people resign from your business, if people resign due to money, I always encourage you to dig deeper and get to the heart of it. Or if somebody is coming to you asking for a pay rise, absolutely it might be about the money, but my experience is that money's the easiest thing to blame and to talk about, but it's typically not always the underlying reason why people do and don't choose jobs and do or don't stay in jobs. It's usually money and something else. That's my experience with the majority of the time when someone says, I've been offered more down the road. They've been offered more down the road and it's a bigger role and they'll be able to take on more responsibility and it's closer to home and they feel like they're going to be valued there more. There's always more to it. So if you get to the interview stage with somebody and the person seems like they're making the decision based on money or they're saying to you, I would move for money, this is about a money move for me, dig a little bit deeper And sure, if they're currently being paid something that's ridiculously below market and you totally get why they'd be looking for something that's going to correct their salary to market, great. Maybe you do accept the money story, but you need to also understand what else is in it for them because it's that other stuff which is really important for you to be able to motivate and inspire them because you can't keep giving somebody pay rises the whole time and stay profitable. Okay, so they are my five big red flags that you need to look for in the application and interviewing stage to minimize finding yourself in a position with hiring regret after you've offered someone the job and found out later that they're not right for your business or not right for the role. And I'd love to know which one of these that maybe you've ignored in the past and you've learned the hard way, or if there are other red flags that you want to add to this list that you now look for through your experience. So let me know and I'll share them as well on my socials. So come over to Instagram. I'm at Paula Maidens Consulting. And let me know which ones have you ignored. Tell me about your experiences or tell me about if there's another one that you want to add onto the list. Okay, so that is all for today's episode. And this stuff is literally my jam. I have interviewed thousands and thousands of people over the last 18 plus years And hiring strategy, interviewing techniques, and powerful onboarding is just my absolute gem. I totally love it. And I love working with my clients on it. So if you want to get your next hire right from the outset, then I invite you to reach out to me and let's see if we are a fit to work together. The best way to do that is to dive into a Dream Team discovery call. And if you're listening to this in May, make sure you book the call in May because my pricing and packages and things are totally changing as of the 1st of June. And so if you have been thinking about working with me, then I really encourage you to reach out, explore the conversation and jump in on the May pricing. Okay, well, that's it for today. I hope that has landed. I can't wait to hear your thoughts and your feedback on the red flags, what you've experienced. You've got any more to to add to the list. So reach out to me. I'd love to hear them. And as always, if you liked this episode, I really appreciate if you'd leave me a review. It helps me to get it in more people's ears, which is my absolute goal for this podcast. See you next week, everybody. Have fun till then.